goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends. It is Wednesday. Welcome to the Wednesday Bo Snurdly Rush Hour here on WABC. If you would like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. Plenty of news, as there always is. We just heard from America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who has had to deal with the unfortunate situation in Georgia. Glad to hear Rudy's voice. Rudy, of course, had bonds set at, I can't believe I'm even saying this, $150,000, where charges should never have been brought. In this case, I am looking forward, and I hope you all are looking forward to not only Rudolph Giuliani's complete exoneration, but the day when this miscarriage of justice at the Soros-backed prosecutors is dealt with firmly in this country. I have a story that I held from yesterday. We will get to it today. I am hope hoping other news has pushed its way up front. The story from yesterday, the headline, New York loses $1 trillion in Wall Street businesses as firms flee the city. And we hopefully will have time to get into that. Let me ask the staff very quickly. You don't have to answer on if you don't want to. But uh, do you know, Diego, what an Arkansas is? Huh? Have you ever heard the term Arkansas? Like Like the state Arkansas? That's the only thing that comes to mind. The state Arkansas, but an Arkansas. Arkansas and uh, homicide, something like that. Uh, okay. the homicide, suicide in Arkansas. Okay, you don't know what an Arkansas no, is. No, I do not. <laughs> okay. If we have some listener that can please explain to my staff what an Arkansas is, very succinctly on the air, just. Call 800-848-WABC and just let them, why we can't, why the term Arkansas was developed and briefly what it means. There is a story today that you no doubt have heard, the headline in the New, uh, the New York Daily News, but the story's everywhere. Wagner Group plane crashes in Russia. 
Killing 10, Lita Prigozhin on the passenger list. A plane owned by the Russian mercenary Wagner Group crashed Wednesday, killing all 10 people on board. Wagner leader Yevgeny Prigozhin was included on the plane's passenger list. Wasn't immediately clear if he is among the deaded. We have since had reports that say he is, etc., etc. The business jet was traveling from Moscow to St. Petersburg when it went down. The cause of the crash was not immediately clear. But Zogan became an international figure when he attempted to lead a rebellion against Vladimir Putin over Putin's management of the war in Ukraine, where Podesogin's men often fought in the front lines. I repeat, the business jet traveling from Moscow to St. Petersburg went down the cause of the the crash was not immediately clear. The cause of the crash was not immediately clear. Pritzogin became an international figure when he attempted to lead a rebellion against Vladimir Putin. Ah, yes. Oh, Phil is here. Phil. Phil, Phil, I have a question for you, Phil. Let me know when you're ready to handle the question. He's ready. Yes, he's a, Okay. Phil. What is an Arkanside? I'm not too sure, Bo. I have no idea what that is. You don't know what an Arkanside is. Okay. Thank you. That's all I wanted to know. All right. Okay. Now, let us turn to some other news. This closer to New York. Do you remember that uh that um I don't want to say anything that would be, I don't know, too judgmental about her. But this young lady, the event planner who pushed 87-year-old Barbara Mayer Gustinen and basically shoved her to the ground, killed her, no one could understand it. She was a beloved vocal teacher. And no one could figure out why this woman did what she did anyway. She had very high-profile lawyer. In fact, her lawyer was the same guy, Arthur Idala, who represented Harvey Weinstein. So she today was sentenced. She pled guilty to one count of manslaughter. Expected to get eight years. She's 27 years old. She'll be out by the time she's 35. Perhaps. Still has her life in front of her. While we have time, let me get to this story that I held from yesterday. Yes, the debates, we can talk about them again today. We've been talking about them all week. The debates are tonight. You can tell us whether you're going to watch or not. I read one story that said half of Republican voters, over half, will watch. That's what the prediction is. 
Oh, I should mention also a news story. I can do this without looking at the story. Kevin McCarthy's out again saying, oh, yeah, we're going to look at impeachment again. Yeah, and now, now when I hear it, it's just like, oh, there's Kevin again. The Republicans again. Hey, Kevin. How you doing, Kev? Oh, yeah, you know, we're going to look at impeachment. Thanks, Kev. And then three or four weeks from now, Kevin will come back and he'll say, oh, you know, we're going to look at impeachment. Yeah. I'll gladly pay you for a veggie burger today. I'll gladly pay you for a veggie burger next Tuesday if you buy me one today. Whatever it was that Wimpy used to say when he was giving Popeye the shrift every week. Yeah, we're going to talk about impeachment. Oh, really? The Republicans are going to get serious. They're going to talk about, they're going to talk about impeachment. The story from yesterday, a giant sucking sound is coming out of Wall Street. See, everything, Diego looks puzzled. That was from Ross Perot's campaign. Ross Perot used to go on Larry King Alive. Larry King was a broadcaster on CNN. Ross Perot used to go on Larry King. Larry? Larry? The people are the owners of this country. That giant sucking sound you hear, that's jobs going into Mexico, Larry. That giant sucking sound that you hear are all the jobs leaving America going into Mexico. We're going to change that, Larry. The, the American people are the owners of this country, Larry, not the politicians. We're going to change that, Larry. And ever since then, a giant sucking sound has been in the political lexicon. A giant sucking sound is coming out of Wall Street, ladies and gentlemen. It's siphoning staggering sums of money out of the Big Apple while handing businesses to Florida and other states further south. Nearly 160 Wall Street firms have moved their headquarters out of New York since the end of 2019. And they've taken with them $1 trillion. Yes, that's trillion with a T. They've taken a trillion dollars of assets with them. That's according to data from 17,000 companies compiled by Bloomberg. Looking to dodge gets what's first. What are, why are they getting out? Looking to dodge rampant crime, stiff taxes, and an increasingly exorbitant cost of living 158 fed-up financial firms representing a whopping $993 billion in assets have packed up and left the Big Apple taking thousands, thousands of high-paid employees with them. Some of those that have gotten out, Icon Capital Management, held by the billionaire corporate Raider Carl Icon. Icon's firm manages $22 billion in assets. 
Huh, he moved. He's in a, a suburb out of Miami. Hedge fund tycoon Paul Singer's Elliott Management oversees a total of $59.2 billion. Moved its headquarters from Midtown Manhattan to where? West Palm Beach, Florida. Stock guru Kathy Wood moved her firm ARC Investment Management $24.7 billion worth of assets to St. Petersburg. All in all, 56, 56, 56 New York firms are in Florida now. Want to keep telling me how great you progressives are doing here in New York? A trillion dollars out the door. Let us take a break, my friends, when we come back. More. It is Wednesdays. Boston and Early's Rush Hour here on WABC. Stay with us. Nineteen sixty-nine. Four weeks at number one. From the Stones, Honky Tonk Woman. On the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Today is the birthday of Roger Greenaway. Singer, songwriter, member of David and Jonathan and the Kestrels. But he's best known for his songwriting collaborations with Roger Cook, including this one. Long, cool woman in a black dress. We have some people that want to help educate the staff. So let us go to them very quickly, and then we'll resume with some of the other news stories we have. Uh, Let us start with Michael in Rockaway Beach. Michael, how are you? Michael, are you there? There you are. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Arkansas has to do with the Clinton. People who have fallen out of favor, who are associated with them, wind up mysteriously dying from unexplained causes. Uh Aha. Okay, that's one explanation. And let us see 
Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Mike in Connecticut. Mike in Connecticut. Yes, Mike dropped off. Let's see what Dan in Key West, Florida has to say. Dan, the definition of an Arkansas is what? Well, I think Mike in Connecticut just was Arkansas, but Arkansas is two shots to the back of the head. Don't believe me? Ask Vince Foster. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Now, the term Arkansas, both of these guys, by the way, right. Arkansas, the term came up after the Clinton years. When people that were associated with the Clintons, as the caller, as the first caller, Michael said, seemed to be dropping off like flies under mysterious circumstances. For instance, the term was used when a certain Commerce Secretary's plane went down over Bosnia. There was the Vince Foster case. And some people claim that the number of people who have been Arkansas has been up to 30. It is a combination of the words Arkansas from hence where Bill Clinton was governor and where these things first started happening and side because we were told many in many instances the news reported that it was a suicide. I knew so it. So they, be, they became known as Arkansas. Arkansas, but it would explain a lot of mysterious deaths. Hence the story today, business jet in Russia kills 10, officials say. Wagner chief was on the passenger list. Oh boy, that sounds like this Arkansas thing has got some legs in Russia. You ever notice that people who oppose Vladimir Putin openly it doesn't usually take long. And all of a sudden, something mysterious happens. And they're, they're Rick in Elmwood Park, New Jersey. You say, it says here on the screen that you know the cause of the Wagner Group crash. Rick, is that correct? Absolutely, James. We know it was caused by global warming. Aha! It was... It was the climate change caused the air crash. Okay, let us see. Paulie in Westwood. Hey, James. How are you, sir? I Very to well. You, how are you? We thought, you know, like about this plane going down with the Russians. Do you think anything Trump should be worried about being assassinated? I don't, you know. That question has come up, and I don't even want to think such hard thoughts that could happen here. I think that what I think that, and I'm just praying that we in America never see that happen again to a president, former president, or anyone in our political sphere. There were worries when um, Ecuador just was on the brink of an election a few weeks ago. And one of the main opposition candidates was assassinated, and then a second political assassination occurred in Ecuador since. And I don't even want to think about that in this country. We have seen far too many political assassinations in this country. And I pray, and I hope all of us are praying, that we never see another one. 
and I am sure that security concerns are quite high, not just for him, but for everybody. That's why many of us couldn't understand, given the history of the Kennedy family and what has happened to the Kennedy family, why Joe Biden would refuse Secret Service protection for Robert Kennedy Jr. It doesn't make sense. And all of us, many of us, whether we agree that Robert Kennedy is a formidable candidate or not, whether we agree with his political ideology or not, believe that just from historical, just as a measure of taking into account the historical nature of what has happened to the Kennedy family in American politics, the moment that Robert Kennedy Jr. asked for Secret Service protection, it should have been granted to him. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right, so tonight is the debate, folks. There's a piece you can find at DailyBS.com by E.J. Anthony. These non-negotiables should be top of mind for every conservative during tonight's debate. The piece goes to say the conservative voters want a true change in direction, not simply a slower pace of decline. Vague talking points, low-hanging fruit, unextraordinary, uninspiring goals will not return prosperity to, to the average American family. And he says the average American family is $6,800 poorer today than when Joe Biden came into office. Now, what is his winning formula, Mr. Antoni? The winning formula was and still is to reduce government regulation, taxation, and wasteful spending. This would not only increase growth, but also reduce inflation, which has hit a 40-year high under Mr. Biden. Prices are up 16%. That represents a tax on the American people. And then he goes on to say that energy sources must compete on a level playing field. He criticizes the unscientific push toward green energy. And at a bare minimum, he says, conservative candidates should commit to eliminating all ESG mandates from all levels of government. That's the environmental and social governance that I first became aware of when Princess Di talked to me about it. There is also a story from the Tips Inside editorial board. Tonight's debate holds little significance for Republican voters. And this one goes on to say that with the eight candidates on stage, they're expecting the event to be mostly a dud. At risk, most Chris Christie and Ron DeSantis. But it says Christie has the most to gain from the debate because he's only at 3.4% in the polls in Iowa. One should expect everybody to go after Vivek Ramaswamy. 
He's taken their advice uh, regarding Ukraine, more forceful, criticizing Washington's thinking about funding a hopeless war. There's another story today. Vivek Ramaswamy is wrong about Israeli aid. That came up yesterday in our discussion. He wants to end foreign aid to Israel, and in so doing, he joins the ranks of unabashed Israel haters and progressives such as Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Cory Bush, and others. This article goes on to say, this op-ed, that providing military aid to Israel supports the America First agenda, and we can always depend on Israel to take care of business in the Middle East. We should not deny them aid. Oh, here's that story that I pushed down way in the poll. Kevin McCarthy's threatening impeachment. Kevin's back. Hey, Kevin, what's up, Kev? Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna impeach the DOJ if, 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 if the DOJ uses special counsel to stonewall the House probe into the Bidens. We're gonna go impeachment. We're gonna talk impeachment. Yeah. It's the last you'll hear of that for another few weeks, and then it'll be all back again. Oh, you know. If they do this, why we're gonna we're gonna we we might even we might even talk about impeaching. Thanks, Kev. Uh, both Snowdies Rush Hour here on WABC eight hundred eight four eight WABC is the number to call eight hundred eight four eight nine Rick Springfield. Yeah. Something's changed, it ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl, and I wanna make her mine. And she's watching him with those eyes. And she's loving with that body. Yeah, your friend Rick wants your girl. What happened to do not covet? 1981. This went number one. I'll play along with the charade. It's Rick's birthday today. On WABC. Dirty when they start talking cute. I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. Because she's watching him with those eyes. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Today is also the birthday, born in 1946, Keith Moon, The Who. You know, he has written The Who, have come up with over 20 top 40 hits, including this one. Passed away in 1978, a heavenly birthday today, Keith Moon with The Who on WABC. There are so many other stories, but I do want to, in the time that I have with you, share one that completely 
made me think. I was like, hmm. The Associated Press published a story today on the deadly fires in Maui. It's a chilling mind-bender. I wrote this for the DailyBS.com. In deadly Maui fires, and fires, many people had no warning and no way out. Those who dodged the barricades survived. That's the story the AP wrote. That was their headline. The story describes what happened as residents fleeing the fire tried to head out of town on the only road with access to a major highway. There were barricades on that road, and many of those trying to escape saw the barricades. They turned around. They were caught in what turned out to be a deadly and horrific traffic jam that cost them their lives. The AP goes on to say that one family swerved around the barricade. They were safe in a nearby town 48 minutes later. The story continues to describe other residents who ignored the barricades that were put up by authorities. Their lives were also spared because they went around those barricades. Now, the AP points out that those barricades, some of them were put in place because of downed power lines. The downed power lines contributed to making the La Hena fires the deadliest in America in over 100 years. And, of course, downed power lines could present a life-threatening hazard to anyone that comes in contact with them. But the fact remains... According to the AP, some of those who disregarded those barricades survived. Many who simply turned away did not. Now, I, folks, would never and will never advocate that people wantonly disregard the instructions of civil authorities, especially in the time of an emergency. The same time here, we can't escape the truth. There are times, my friend, when your best judgment is the best judgment. Despite what anybody else says, there are times in life when your best judgment is the best judgment. Not just about that. For instance, in this post-pandemic world of ours, there are lots of people who've decided to ignore the narrative. They make their own decisions about their own health based on their own knowledge, based on their own best judgment. And many of those people are often castigated by those who demand strict compliance to what the so-called experts are saying. So perhaps this chilling mind-bender of a story from AP will give some of the strict compliance crowd something to think about. There are times in this life 
there are times when your best judgment is the best judgment, despite what anybody else says. Again, I want to be really clear. I am not advocating that people wantonly disregard what the authorities tell us to do in times of emergency. But that said, there are times when your best judgment is the right judgment. Let us go back to the telephones. Debbie in Staten Island, you're on WABC, Boston Early's Rush Hour. How are you? I'm great. I'm a new listener, listening for two months. I love your show. I love your music. I love everything about your show. I am not going to watch. I am a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'm not watching the debates tonight. I'd rather watch the New Housewives of New Jersey if they were on. But that's not the only reason. I don't think they are, whether they're qualified or not, I don't think any of them have the mental, physical, or spiritual fortitude to deal with the swamp. President Trump has to get back in. And not only that, I'm going to a rally tonight against the uh, illegals coming into Staten Island. All right. Now, you, uh, you know, Tucker is promoting that he, his series, his interview with Donald Trump drops tonight, same time as the debates. Does that have any interest uh, for you at all? Well, yes, it does. But um, I'm going to a rally tonight for Staten Island to uh, go against the immigrants coming in, the illegals. So I'm going to have to go there first. But if I was home and able to watch it, yes, I would definitely watch Tucker. I am a Trump supporter 100 percent. He knows the game. He's been in the house. He knows where the bodies are buried. Thank you, Debbie. So appreciate you calling. Thank you for those very kind words. Steve in Naples, Florida, you're up next. How are you, Steve? Great, James. You, I also want to say you play the best music. Not a great show, too. But I was thinking about this. If Trump has such an insurmountable lead, why would so many people be challenging him in the primary? Could it be that they're not running for vice president? Could it possibly be that there's something so damaging about Trump, they're aware of it, that even his most ardent supporters are going to abandon him? Because I tell you, James, Trump's not going to win again. He's not going to get enough independent voters. And I love Governor DeSantis. I moved down here a few years ago. He's being attacked because I think he is the biggest threat to Trump. And it's a shame because Governor DeSantis has done an amazing job. What do you think? I happen to love Donald J. Trump. I happen to love Ron DeSantis. I think that the Republican, I think that the Republicans have a few winners in their stable. All of them are not declared. I think that, for instance, we should not ignore the wonderful work that Governor Yunkin is doing. I think we should not ignore the work that uh, um, the governor of South Dakota is doing, Christy Nome, even though she seems to have kind of trailed off in public imagination lately. I'm going to upset some people and say, that I think when it comes to certain aspects of foreign policy and certain aspects of thinking, thinking that the Republicans would do much better with Nikki Haley than they ever would do with Joe Biden. I think the Republicans would do better with Tim Scott, who has a very optimistic view of America. 
and has a very un- he understands the American dream and can articulate American exceptionalism almost better than any other candidate that's on that stage. I think that there are a few Republicans I would not like to see advance, but eh, I'll leave that alone. I think Vivek Ramaswamy has sparked some intrigue despite some of the things that he said that has people upset, including this idea of his that he would get rid of all foreign aid to Israel. So I think that the Republicans run deep. Now, this guy from North Dakota, by the way, uh, Bergam, he's in the hospital, apparently. He's been released from the hospital. He had some sort of uh, mishap uh, playing some kind of sport yesterday, taken to the hospital, not known whether he's going to make the stage. We had Asa Hutchison on the show last week. Asa Hutchison is devoutedly anti-Trump. I don't know how he thinks he's going to succeed. Chris Christie is Trump hater number one on the stage. I don't know how he thinks he's going to succeed. I'm not ruling anything out, but going back to your first point, why do so many Republicans, understanding that Donald Trump has the biggest lead right now, why are they running? Because no one has a crystal ball. Donald Trump is facing unprecedented legal challenges. How this will play out during the course of the campaign is anyone's guess. Donald Trump also has, you know, Rush used to talk about this a lot. He said that, Rush used to say all the time, the only one that can destroy the bond that Donald Trump has created with voters is Donald Trump. The media did not make the bond with Donald Trump and his base, and therefore they can't break it. And you hear that reflected in so many people that call here. But the reason so many are running is because nobody has the crystal ball. And we have seen this in American politics over and over again. What seems like a sure bet isn't a sure bet. Something unexpected happens. This is politics. Anything can turn and happen on a dime. And that's why so many people are saying, I'm going to run. Because they don't know. Nobody knows what could happen during the course of a two-year presidential campaign. It's Lou Dobbs time. It's time for a break on WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back. More of your calls, more good music. All on Boston Early's Rush Hour. W-A-B-C. You know this. I of the Tiger. Birthday today for Jimmy Jameson from Survivor. The voice and co-writer of the theme song for Baywatch. Also this one, 1982, number one. Eye of the Tiger on WABC. Rising up back on the street. Did my time. 
This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 1966. On this day, the Beatles were at number one. Double-sided single. Yellow submarine on one side. On the other. W.A. Beatles C. Let's head back to the telephones. Kay in Manhattan, you are on Boston Emily's Rush Hour. How are you, Kay? Hello. Well, well, Bo, thank you. Um, I, I, what I would like to say is that I, I, I am a Trump supporter, and I believe that Trump can win. However, about tonight's debate, I think we need to give credit where credit is due. And DeSantis has been a champion on cultural issues. Uh, and as far as he, what happened with Disney, he got right in their face. Disney has been trying to corrupt children for years. Parents are afraid. They're afraid of what their schools are doing to the children. And I like that about DeSantis. I want Trump to be the president, but I think we have to stop this infighting and we have to recognize the qualities that other candidates, aside from Chris Christie, have, including Vivek, all of them, really. Yeah, you know, this is one of the things people are not talking about. Uh, to your point, Kay, this is the most diverse field of candidates that America has ever seen running for president. And of course, it isn't being heralded because they're Republicans. You've got an Indian American, Vivek. You've got Tim Scott. You've got Larry Elder, who says he's suing to stop the debate tonight. I don't think that's going to work. I think the debate's going to go on. But Larry Elder, he took apart Charlemagne the God the other day. That was really hysterical, by the way. And Larry is a formidable uh, candidate. You've got uh, 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 Suarez, who didn't make the stage, out of Miami. We've got so many. We've got, uh, uh, we've got Nikki Haley, an American Indian. We've got of Indian descent. We've got, I mentioned Tim Scott earlier. We've got a field with Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, with all of the other candidates that are running, including the ones that conservatives may not hold as their favorites, like Christie and Asa Hutchison and Doug Doug Burnham from uh, North Dakota, if he makes the stage tonight. This is the most diverse field of for those that are interested in diversity, but you're getting also a diversity of ideas and ideology on that stage tonight. Now, if this were Democrats, we'd never be hearing the end of it about how diverse this field is, how the voters, how this is democracy at work and blah, blah, this. But because it is a diverse group of Republicans, we're getting none of that. So it should be interesting to see what happens. Let us go to uh, Rich in Connecticut. Thank you, Kay. Rich in Connecticut, you're up next. Hi, how are you? 
Very well. I just wanted to pass something through. Uh, this uh, this guy uh, Swami that's uh, uh, running uh, for prison tonight. Are people aware that this guy was in college? He had two hundred fifty million dollars. Then all of a sudden, Soros turns around and gives him a, 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 another one million dollars. Here's the, here are the facts. Him. Here are the facts. Number one, it wasn't George Soros. It was his brother that gave him a college scholarship. He did not have two hundred fifty million dollars. He had two point two million dollars in the bank. We discussed that yesterday. Now, the thing about Ramaswamy is he said that he took the money from Soros' brother because he needed it for school. Well, that's questionable because at the same time he was took the money, he already had $2.2 million in the bank and was working with a hedge fund. So there's, you know, something there to unpack. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved one, always. Love and gratitude for being with you here on Boston Early's Rush Hour. God willing, we will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Prayers for Rudy Giuliani and all the others being persecuted by Democrats. See you later. Bye.